Hello, everyone, and welcome to another First Impression Sports Talk. I'm your host, Jasmine Pollock, and we have a great show for you guys. I have my dad, Cole, and Jeremiah. We're going to get into a lot of things tonight, so let's get started. Welcome to Jasmine Pollock's First Impression Sports Talk, the fastest-growing sports talk show in the country. And now, here's your host, Jasmine Pollock. Welcome back to Jazz and First Impression Sports Talk. And to kick that up is the MVP conversation. So I'm sure all of us have different MVP races. I know me and my dad had a little debate earlier today, but I'm going to read off some of the stats. So me personally, I am taking Jalen Hurts as my MVP. I think he is leading the pack because they have the best record in the league, how he's playing and how that offense is flying. So I'm going to read some stats. So Jalen Hurts, he has two uh, 2,000 yards. He's 10th of this. That's 10th in the um, league. 12 touchdowns. That's um, 11th in the league. Two interceptions, which is second. And a QBR of 63.1, and that's six. Jalen, Josh Allen, 2,000 yards for uh, 2,403 yards. That's fourth. 19 touchdowns, second. Eight interceptions, which is 31st. And a 74 QBR, which is third. Patrick Mahomes. 2,605 yards, that's first. 21 touchdowns, that's first. Six interceptions, that's 19. And a 75.4 QBR. I have two more. Tua Tungabailoa, uh, uh, 1,980 yards, four, that's 14th in the league. 15 touchdowns, that's fourth in the league. Three interceptions, that's fifth in the league. And a, he's first in QBR at 79.9. Geno Smith. 2,199 yards, six, six in the league, 15 touchdowns, fourth in the league, um, four interceptions, ninth, and a 68.1 QBR, which is fourth. So, Dad, I want to start with you. Who is your Q, uh, your QB that you're picking to win the MVP and why? Well, um, for me, I'm going to be picking Patrick Mahomes. Um, if you look at them, and, and like I said, this is right now. I'm talking about right now. Now, if you look at Jalen Hurts and what he's doing uh, for the Eagles, he's doing a wonderful job. Um, I mean, nobody expecting to be as good as they are this year. They expect them to be decent, but they're really good right now. But when you look at what Patrick Mahomes continues to do um, and also losing a piece like Tyree Hill to Miami and his production hasn't really fallen off, um, to me, if he continues to play on this level, I think that he'll be the clear-cut MVP just for the simple fact that he's leading in just about every category. And you can't ignore the way he's able to ad-lib when he has the ball in his hand. It's not just uh, simple pocket passing. He gets out of the pocket. He creates. Um, last night, he did like a little pitch to Kelsey that was like a little a little push pass uh, that was in between defenders that was uh, you know, just uh, uh, very amazing what he can do. So... He would be my clear-cut favorite. Jalen Hurts would be a close second. But like I said, it all depends on how they continue to play down the stretch. Um, and I think just because of the history of Patrick Mahomes that he'll get more of a look just because of who he is. So that's why I'd be picking. Jeremiah, who is your MVP? I do want to be biased. And I do want to say Tua. But at the same time, I'm going to tweet in reality. Because when it comes to Tua, I will have him mostly in third place. 
because when it comes to his accuracy, I already know that it's going to be there. But when it comes to my number one, I have to go with Jalen Hurts because the reason for Jalen Hurts is because he's making always the right plays at the right time. He is actually on the highest level right now. He has his team undefeated right now in a number one spot as he's sitting at right now, you know, even coming from behind wins and also with his rushing yards is very efficient and just how he's a leader of his team. And you just see really has no really big weaknesses like that. And you just even explained in the, in the stats, just look at his, his, his ratings when it comes to it, of course, to his number one, when it comes to his passing ratings, but at the same time, I can just see certain times that he has a lot of big underthrows when it comes to it. So I'm not going to ignore that. It's still some time for him to grow when it comes to certain things. But when it comes to Jalen Hurts, I feel like he's taking just a little bit more steps further, especially with the weapons that he has and just he's taking advantage of a lot of different things, especially in that division he's in. Cole, who is your MVP? There's so many good names to choose from. Two has been phenomenal. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the league. Josh Allen is phenomenal. I... I know Josh Allen's had some of the interceptions, but, you know, I, I'm i going to go Jalen Hurts. I, I really think he's just been phenomenal. He's helped the Eagles win, be undefeated so far this season, and that's so that's so big for the Eagles. They look like the best team right now on paper. I got to go with Jalen Hurts. He's making those right plays. He's made some phenomenal plays, some solid runs. You know, that's, that's what it all comes down to comes down to me is you need to make the right place and you need to have the stats to back it up. And his stats have been really good this season. And he's, he truly has played phenomenal for the Eagles. And to be honest with you, he's really, I, I wasn't necessarily sold on him last year. Th this year he sold me that he is a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I I'm also, like I said before, I'm picking Jalen hurts, but I forgot one player that we're completely not mentioning. And that's Lamar Jackson. He is having a season right now, especially when um, I think he really propelled himself in the conversation when they beat um, the Bucks on Thursday night a couple uh, weeks ago and how he played on the road and how he's been playing with, you know, he doesn't have a star receiver. He doesn't have a lot of star guys around him. And I believe they're leading the division, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, he's still in the conversation of what he can do far as running the ball. Of course, his passing has excelled very well. But me, I have to pick Jalen Hurts. When I look at this list, Josh Allen was leading the conversation, but he took a dip yesterday after them losing to the Jets and him having those three nasty turnovers. And that's always been the question for me about Josh Allen is, can he take that next step? Can he say, okay, we know that he's a good quarterback. We know he can, he can, um, he can make defenses stressed out. And on top of that, his ability to run is as big as he is. It's just the turnovers. He makes bonehead mistakes at times. And we're just like, Josh, where are you throwing to? And then you lose to the Jets and you lose to the Dolphins this year. But, of course, they're going to give them the nod because they beat the Chiefs. So there's a lot of different things you can look at. Mahomes, of course, like you said, Dad, it's not the point of Mahomes is going to be a good quarterback. He's still a good quarterback. But when I look at the Chiefs, the teams they lost to, you know, they lose to the Bills and they lose to a very bad Colts team that is all over the place. That's just, that's just not good enough. 
So when I look at it, Jalen Hurts, he has everything. You got the undefeated season. You're leading the division. You're probably the clear number one seed heading into the playoffs. If you and look, their schedule looks very favorable. So I mean, I'm sure they're gonna keep continuing. They play my Packers in two weeks. That's a dub. <laughs> so I mean, of course they're gonna win that game. And then I have them. I have them winning the division. I have them being number one. Jalen Hurts in that offense is looking exceptional. And it's not just Jalen Hurts' ability to throw the ball and how he's excelling. It's him running it and being physical also. So there's a lot of things you can look at. But, guys, don't be surprised if Lamar creeps into the conversation because he's been playing very quietly. So let's talk about the league as constructed. So, Dad, I want to start with you. Being that we saw the games yesterday, they weren't very exciting. There was a lot of games that were not exciting. But the AFC East – has become the beast of the East. Literally, the Bills are six and two. The um, the um, the Jets are six and three. The Dolphins are six and three, and the Patriots are five and four. Now, I thought the AFC West was going to look that, but the, the AFC East looks scary. So, um, so basically, um, I mean, there's a couple teams like you know, I, I, not necessarily the AFC West. When you think about like the Vikings. Jets, the Giants. Wait, hold on, Dad. We're going to start in the AFC first. Okay, okay, I was going to say, but you have teams. I'm just <laughs> making a general comment. You know, we got teams that were the top teams that are, quote, unquote, supposed to be winning. But then you have some teams this year that's sneaking up, and they have some pretty de decent records. So um, the Patriots, I know you mentioned the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> They're 5-4. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you still got to, you know, if Belichick finds something, you got to watch him because he knows how to game plan. Um, but I do I do want to talk about the Eagles just a little bit more. I've been that you mentioned them. Uh, so the, the Eagles, the, the, the thing is, they're going to have some pressure coming to him them pretty soon because right now, you know, at the beginning, it's like there's no, oh, we didn't expect them to do this well. Now they're doing this well. Now they're going to have to contend with the expectation of, oh, could they potentially go undefeated? Oh, are they going to be the first round? Are they going to get the first round um, home field advantage? Um, are they the Super Bowl favorites? So when that pressure starts to hit, then we're going to really see how well this team plays because in that sense, they're still young, even from a coaching perspective. So for me, I'm going to hold off to jumping so deep into what the Eagles are doing, even though I think they're doing well. We still got a long way to go to figure out whether or not they can handle the totality of what they're going to be expected to do. So we for me, say, think about this, though, Dad. We can say the same thing for the Bills because everybody had the Bills as their favorite. Is that now getting to them? But the Bills have been that for like the three last three years. We that's already kind of know what the Bills. But, I mean, they but have to it's, go over the hump. The that's and that's what I'm. I'm not sold yet on the Bills. That's why, like, when I look at the AFC East, right? We look at the Dolphins. We look at the Jets. Nobody. We did not see the Jets coming. We can all agree we did not see the Jets looking like this. I did not see them, you know, you guys are aware that the Jets could lead this division because they beat both the Bills and the Dolphins. Can you guys believe that now? But the Patriots beat them. It's, it's crazy how that stuff works. But Cole, to you, when we look at the, before we get into the NFC, because we're going to get into the NFC in a little bit, but when we look at the AFC, what teams are you shocked by that you're like, I did not see this coming? Um. The first, I need just just need to start off with the Jets. Yeah, I mean that's that's the one that just comes 
straight to my mind. Um, I'm really shocked that the Broncos are as bad as they are this year. Mm-hmm. Russ does not look like Russell Wilson. I have I have refused to call him a franchise quarterback. Well, no, no, I said he was a franchise quarterback, but I, I refuse to call him the most elite of the elite because I've always felt during his whole career he has some very bad times where he throws bad interceptions. Mm-hmm. And part of being an elite quarterback in the NFL is making the right plays at the right time. Right. At the Super Bowl versus the Patriots, where he threw an interception at the end. That was a terrible interception. One yard line. <laughs> uh, one yard line. To give Tom Brady another Super Bowl. Still not happy about that because I don't like Tom Brady, but, you know. So, but, and then also, too, a couple couple years ago in the Monday night game, he threw another bad interception when the yeah. Seahawks were really good. I think the 49ers are really good. Uh, he just has times where he throws really bad interceptions. Agreed. But hand, but hands down, I got to go with the Jets. Yeah. What, six and three. Six and three. Six and three. It's just incredible to see to see how well they've they've uh, they've performed this year. Um, I, I'm also too. I'm I'm kind of surprised with the Titans and I agree. Colts because the Titans. I didn't think they were going to be any good this year, and they're winning that division. They're probably going to take it take that division home, and but I. Also, but I got I gotta go hands down with the Jets. It's, it's the Jets. Mm-hmm. Well, and I I'm glad you mentioned the Titans because the Titans for one Malik Willis I I like him I like what he did last night and how, what he showed last night especially on the road against the Chiefs. You know, even though they lost, but you still gave up a fight. You still you know uh, made some plays that are just really really interesting. And Derrick Henry is getting back to that shape and that form, even though he's, you know, he had a, I'll say last year, he kind of had an off year because he's recovering from that foot injury he had. He has a, I believe he had a plate in his foot. Um, I think he got that removed, but now you're starting to see Derrick Henry get back to being Derrick Henry. And you know, that he's always a problem for anybody because of how big, how physical he is. And he's still carrying the ball and just looking like Derrick Henry, like he always does. But I have to say the Jets, I did not see the Jets coming. I was not expecting, again, the AFC East to be this good. I thought the AFC West was the team, the the um, the, the, the division to look out for because you had Mahomes, you had Wilson, you had um, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, and, of course, the Chargers. Now, the Chargers are 5-3. and three. Um, They're starting to look – they're starting to get back into shape, but they had a lot of injuries. They have dealing with a lot of injuries. And I still have the Chargers. I'm still keeping my out for them because they're on. They're starting to pick it up and win. But I was not seeing the Jets, and the Jets could very much so be leading in this division because they beat both the Dolphins and the Bills. I mean, it's just it's crazy. But remember, their coach now used to be the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. So that philosophy he brings to that team. There's a certain philosophy that he brings. But I was not seeing the Jets, but. Before we go to break, Cole, I want you to do your little spill on Claypool being traded to the Bears. What is your thoughts? I want to know. Go ahead. <laughs> yep, it was a great trade. The Steelers, the Steelers, um, they they made a really good football move. Chase Claypool is not worth a first-round pick. I knew they weren't getting that for him. I heard that they were looking for a second, third, and a fourth for him. Mm-hmm. They weren't getting that either. I thought they would get him for a third. 
I thought that was that was reasonable. He just hasn't performed for the Steelers. He had one good year. It was his rookie year. Last year, didn't really do much. And this year, he's just been invisible on the field. He hasn't done anything. So I, I like that they got a second-round pick for him, and it's from the Bears. The Bears are the Bears, and they will always be the Bears. So I think, but they will beat the Packers again. Uh, a uh, no. second go round. No, nah, I don't. I don't. I don't see. Oh no, um, you guys, you guys don't understand. You don't understand how I have absolutely no faith in my team right now. Yeah, but I'm but still Jasmine. a Packer fan. But ooh, it's bad. But Jazz, they had to beat us on the ground by 178 from field just to get close to us. I have a question: Can the Packers' defense stop the run? Exactly. Exactly. We are not beating the Bears. We're just we're just not. I don't Jeremiah tried to convince me today, everyone, that the Packers are gonna at least win a couple more games. Absolutely not. We played the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday. We're not beating the Cowboys, and I hate <laughs> to say that, and I don't like the Cowboys, but we're not beating them. We're not beating and them. Rogers has owned the Cowboys though, don't they? But dad, that's why I told him. Dad, have you looked at the team? Like as of late, like how we're constructed, we are not beating. Then our number one pass rusher, he tore his ACL yesterday. That is huge. Rashawn Gary. I'm, I mean, I'm scared. Our defense is already questionable, and then we lose our top pass rusher. No, I'm not. I'm, no. Cowboys will find a way to do cowboy things. I'm telling you. Okay, fair enough. But, you know, I have no faith. And then we play the Eagles. Oh, it's it's not happening. Then we have to play the Vikings again, not winning that game. We're just not going to win these games. Then we play the Dolphins. Come on. It's not happening. I just – the Packers are just not not it this year. And I'll talk about the Packers another day because there's a lot of stuff I have to talk about. But that wraps up this segment. We're going to go to a short break, and we're going to talk about Alabama losing. Now, that's – everybody's happy about that because everybody doesn't like Alabama except their fans. So we'll be right back for a short break. Renting is everything. It's style at your doorstep. Off the runway and into your closet. It's every trend you've been dying to try and every designer you've yet to discover. It's wearing it your way every time and making it count everywhere you go. It's never worrying about what to wear because something new is always coming your way. That's why renting is everything. New styles, top designers, all for a flat monthly fee. Start your subscription at renttherunway.com. Low roasted over hickory fire and pulled by hand. This is the way pit pork has always been done. Pulled pork lovers, rejoice. The smoky old days are back at the Smoke Shack. From the creative team that brought you the Browning Project and Dead by Morning comes a new thriller that will change the way you look at white collar crime forever. Falling from the sky.
You're watching Jasmine Pollock's First Impression Sports Talk. Be sure to join Jasmine every week for great conversation on the NBA, NFL, and a wide variety of sports topics. To see past episodes of First Impression Sports Talk, go to YouTube and search First Impressions Sports Talk. You can connect with Jasmine on LinkedIn by searching Jasmine Pollock. And now, back to more First Impressions Sports Talk. Welcome back to Jasmine's First Impression Sports Talk. And the voices you just heard were from Kelly Johnson and Dion Hunter. If you like to be, if you would like voiceover work done for your projects, you can go to the Leon Thomas group and get in contact with Leon Thomas. If you'd like to be a guest on my show and see past episodes of my show, you can go to my website at jasmineonsports.com. Now let's bring everybody back. We're gonna talk some college football. We're not talking about the Gators. We're not talking about the Canes. We're not talking about those teams. We're talking about Alabama losing to LSU in overtime. Isn't that exciting? Now, I was the one, I was one of the people that said, you know, they're gonna find a way to seep Alabama in. Oh no, they can't anymore because they lose the second game of the season to top 10 teams. So Cole, I wanna start with you. How does it feel to see Alabama lose again? Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. I'm so happy they lost. It's every year I have to go and I have to watch Alabama in the college football playoff. Goodbye. <laughs> don't let the door hit you on the way behind. That's what I got to say to them. I don't like Alabama. It's every year. It's becoming so boring. College football landscape is boring. I'm I'm so happy that they're out of it. I wish Tennessee would have won because I want to see them win it. Yeah. Hendon Hooker has played phenomenal for them. They got that receiver. I forget his name. He's going to go in the first round of the draft most likely from all the projections that I'm seeing. But, you know, it's so it's so good to see Alabama just gone. I don't I don't want to see them in the college football playoff anymore. It, it I need a break from them. We'll see what happens, but it's awesome that they're that they're gone. And not to mention the last time Alabama had two losses was back in 2019. And that was the same year LSU won the national title. So just that's a little, you know, a little stat for people just in case. But dad, to you, um, is Alabama on the down the downside right now? Because last year they didn't win the national title, even though they went, but Georgia came back and beat them, and now they may not make the playoffs. Well, um, so Alabama is is like like uh Cole's kind of talking about, it's the same thing every year. Alabama and you, you it really just became redundant. Um, because there's so many teams out there. I mean, you have to respect their dominance. You have to respect what they've done over the last several years. But at this point, uh, you might see a change. I mean, when you see the surge of Georgia, now you have Tennessee in the mix. And like I said, you got uh, Ohio State. Um, and you still have some of the usual suspects, but it might be that time, you know, where things are changing, whether it's through recruiting uh, whether it's just, hey, it's just time for somebody else to go ahead and take the mantle, um, and maybe other teams are starting to catch up to the Alabama way. You know, hey, this is what they like to do. And, you know, over the last couple of years, you kind of see that. Now, I won't, I won't say that Alabama's down because guess what? They can always go out and recruit a much better class year in and year out. So it's one of those things that's a moving machine. So you can have a down year this year and then come back next year with some of the best talent. 
So um, I, I, uh, I'm happy to see something different this year. I'm happy to see that it's shaking up a little bit this year. Um, and, you know, we'll see how the playoffs actually play out this year, but I'm looking forward to it. I just feel like this is where the college football playoffs should be extended. We've always had that conversation. We've had conversations on the show about it where they need to go to eight teams at least. We have – so you have the final four where, you know, the first team – the number one team versus the, the fourth team and then the second team versus the third team. But we need an eight, eight slots. I mean, you have the New Year's Six Bowls. Those could be playoff games. Those could be playoff games that lead to the college football playoff. Now, that would be longer. That would be that would get a lot of people more excited because just seeing the forward, you have teams that did very well, didn't lose, don't end up getting – that didn't lose the whole season, end up not getting in. They probably in that fifth or sixth spot and just like, man, come on. I mean, we would have, you know, had a chance. But I like – you see teams like TCU, they're going to jump. LSU is obviously going to jump after being beating Alabama. There's a lot of teams to look out for that are in the college football playoff. And now the number four team now is Oregon. Now, remember, Georgia destroyed Oregon in the first game of the season, and now they're in the top four because they – and who knows, they might give Georgia another run. They might say, man, that was the first game, let's run it back, things like that. Of course, Ohio State is still there. Michigan is still there. But the college football the, – the final four is going to continue to change because that Ohio State and Michigan game is huge. I mean, it's going to have – Huge implications, and whoever wins that game is probably going to go have their slot selected in the Final Four. But, Jeremiah, to you, what team do you feel is the most complete? Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, or Oregon? Well, uh, for me, I would just say it's Ohio State. Even with the adversity, you know, I just felt like, they just have that motor to where they could just flip on that switch. Now, when it comes to Georgia, you can say the same, but at the same time, I've seen some, you know, same mistakes from Florida when it comes to a lot of different games that, you know, they sometimes get bailed out from. I mean, I'm not too sold on their quarterback, but at the same time, their That's defense and other parts. Yeah. But at the same time, their defense and other parts of them kind of saves that part when it comes to like their team. But Ohio State, I just think that they just have that full force and just like lightning speed of uh, receivers. Because everywhere you look, uh, that Cora he he just dots it to anyone that's open, and there's always gonna be somebody that's open or either on the trail for him to just throw deep. And I just feel like they'll be a wrecking with when it comes to playoff time. And C.J. Stroud, which is the Ohio State quarterback, I believe now he's leading in the Heisman race because. That game that the um, hooker had against Georgia was not good. That that dipped him. Um, it's kind of the same thing with the MVP race in the NFL. But when we look at the Heisman, I think now you could say, CJ, if he continues to play like that and they continue to have those big numbers like that, he's probably the, the one I'm looking at for winning the Heisman. And I think Ohio State, too, even though Georgia's good, but like I said, I don't trust Stetson Bennett, uh, Bennett like that. I think they have a lot of playmakers around him that he can get the ball to, and they do things like that. But when I look at Ohio State, defensively, they have the pass rush. And then offensively, they have Marvin Harrison Jr., who was the son of Mar the wide receiver for Marvin, uh, Marvin Harris. And he is just like his dad. I mean, he is dominant. He'll catch anything. I mean, he jumping in the air, down the field, every, the kid is exceptional. And 
When I look at Ohio State, they are loaded at receiver. They have so many receivers that they can just put out there that can just get, catch the ball and do a lot of things. And then they got a good running game. I think Ohio State, and it's, it's due for Ohio State to win because they've been sitting around for the past couple of years and nobody's really been putting them in that four. They've always kept them out because you had Alabama in there, Georgia, Clemson. And also, Clemson's out. I think Clemson's done. Clemson losing to um to Notre Dame on Saturday was bad, and they got blown out. Yeah, they dropped seven spots. They mm-hmm. dropped seven spots, yeah. So Clemson, I think Clemson's uh, done for the college football playoff, but the ACC, who in the ACC is going to represent? That's the biggest question. Because we were thinking it was Clemson. Clemson was the cream of the crop in the ACC. Now it's like there's no ACC team that's in the four. So, Dad, what is your reaction to that? I know we have the Canes in there. We have the Knowles in there, Clemson. ACC teams are not being being represented at all. Yeah, I don't – man, I, I don't know. I'm, I think we're looking a couple years out. I mean, I know Jeremiah don't want to talk about but Knowles had a pretty decent win against Miami, but that, you know, that might not be saying too much because both the teams are really, you know, struggling this year. And, you know, we are, we are three loss uh, – we have three losses, so – Maybe we're gonna miss the dance. I mean, maybe we're just not as strong as we need to be right now. And I, I would say probably uh, give us give us a year or so. Give us a year or so. Um, and I think that we'll, we'll you know we'll galvanize and our teams will be back because I mean all the teams. I mean even though the Flor- uh, Florida Gators are not the same, it's still the Florida teams are uh, the ones that I'll be looking to dom- be dominant have not been dominant for quite a while now. So um, it, something has to change, you know, with the state with so much talent. We should be doing some pretty good recruiting in the state of Florida instead of losing talent to other teams. Uh, so, well, you know, we'll see. I mean, I really don't know what to say about that. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's, it's just, what, I, what I how I think the college football playoffs should be is you should have if you're doing the four right now, you should have one team from each conference at least. One from SEC, one from ACC, one from Pac-12, one from the Big Ten, different conferences like that to put to see what's going on. But that's why you have to extend it because there's there's a lot of conferences, and then of course you have teams that are going to be switching conferences in a couple of years. But it's it's really bad for the ACC because, of course, we know the SEC is the, the at the top of the ladder when it comes to a lot of things, but. ACC teams, I don't know what's going on. It's always been Clemson, then it was Florida State, then the Canes had a couple of good years, then Louisville. It was just there's not there hasn't been a big showing for ACC teams at all. It's always been SEC or Big Ten. Like that's it's always been like that. But we need to see more of that. I mean, that's why we have to extend the college football playoffs so we can get that competition and see how teams can fare. But Cole, just to um to uh add to that so you're a penn state fan what does penn state have to do because of course this is a big franchise school when it comes to football what do they have to do better at in order to start competing with michigan and ohio state beat the big 10 i think it's as simple as that you better start beating the big 10 can't beat ohio state can't beat michigan that's the problem you need to beat the big 10 that comes down to coaching and that comes down to the players clifford's a starting quarterback He's been inconsistent his whole high his whole college career. Mm-hmm. I think I would have already given the reins to Allah. He is mm. the next guy. He's a five star recruit. They need to give him the reins. I do not want him transferring and losing a great talent like him. 
right. make the kid happy because he is a stud. He was that in high school. You know, I, I'm not, you know, I understand it's it's a freshman, but you know what? If he struggles, okay, then you can go with Clifford. But still, they really need to give Alar a chance. I don't want to see it next year. Clifford isn't performed in these big games for Penn State. Didn't perform against Michigan, and he certainly didn't perform against Ohio State. Defense also needed to play better, but you know, this is this is my problems. If you can't beat mm-hmm. the Big Ten, and that also too, it comes down to coaching. It comes down to James Franklin. This yeah. is exactly why I wouldn't have given him a big contract. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's worth it because you can't beat the Big Ten. Yeah, I agree. And Penn State has always been hanging around too. They've always been that team. You know, they they look like they can make it, and there's that one game they just have there, like. You know, of course, against Ohio State and against Michigan, it's always that dang, like they can't make it. But um, that wraps up this segment. We're going to see what's going on, going to go on with the college football playoff. Hopefully they listen to us and say we need to expand the college football playoff so it could be more competitive, so we can see a lot more teams and what they can do because you never know. You have top 10 teams who – you have teams right now who are in the top 10 who are undefeated but won't even see the Final Four. But let's go into the NBA. So, Dad, I want to start with you. So the big question is, are the Lakers finally finding success with what Russell Westbrook coming off the bench? And I'll read you some of his stats. So through four games of him coming off the bench, he's averaging 18 points, six assists, um, six rebounds. He's shooting 50% from the field and 41% from three. So what is your reaction to that? Even though they're still losing, but he's showing some good strides. Well, I think that's a big deal down the stretch because if you get Russell Westbrook consistently scoring in the double digits, and getting you some boards and some assists. That's exactly what he needs to be doing. And especially if he's coming off the bench, because now you're dealing with an efficient, fresh uh, Russell Westbrook, which will help you later in the season. Um, one of the things I'll say with the with the Lakers, um, they, they have to find what their identity is as a whole, because I still feel that the team is kind of discombobulated with you know, some of the, the, the roles and how they have some of the people playing. They got to get these roles defined and who's going to be doing what and how consistently. And then uh, they're, they're uh, like you said, we talked about LeBron and AD, their production has to go up. It's going to require them to be at that superstar uh, status. LeBron, 27 points, might not be able to get it this year. AD, definitely you scoring less than 30 is not going to get it this year. These guys are going to have to tag team and have a combination of, you know, of scoring a lot of points um, unless they start to get more production out of some of the other guys. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't know really what to say about them because Darvin Hammond seems like he's making adjustments, which is pretty cool, which he, you know, now he's he's getting his legs. Maybe it's just going to take him, a, a you know, several games to get to a point, but they got to be careful because they're already – behind and before you know it they can be down quite a few games and i know basketball you have a little bit more time to make up for that but i think that right now they're still trying to find their stride and find their identity but they got to be happy with what westbrook is doing because if you can get that production out of him consistently now when everybody else brings it in now they're going to be a hard team to stop for me and i really like that he's coming off the bench and he's playing like that but what they need to do, the Lakers have to go find an outside shooter, somebody on the outside to give them a, maybe a good 10, 15 a game, um, even while LeBron and um, AD are on the court. They need to get somebody that can shoot out. Because, of course, if Russell's coming off the bench, he's coming off with the second unit. 
they need to have somebody with LeBron and with AD so that when they kick, when LeBron kicks it out, you got some guys that can shoot. But like you said, that maybe Darvin Ham, he's getting his feet wet. He's starting to get the ball rolling a little bit. Um, they still have time. Like the, you could see first of okay, this is what the Lakers could be. But it's just putting that whole game together, all four quarters, and playing at a high level. And I know LeBron, he's been dealing with um, he's been sick or something like that. Those are the reports apparently. But we need to see more, especially for AD. This is a do or die year for him because there's always been questions of after he won the, the championship the Lakers when he first got there, where is his drive in basketball still? Is he still wanting to play basketball? Does he have that same drive where he's like, Oh, I want my drink, I'm good? No. We this is when LeBron retires, the Lakers need to think about the future. So when LeBron is gone, how is this Lakers team gonna look? And A D is their their eyes are on him because he is the next guy in line, he's that next superstar that's on the roster. So he needs to step up big time because um, the West looks – the West is stacked this year, obviously. You look at the Warriors, even though they're having their ups and downs, but still the Warriors. Portland's actually the number one seed or the number one team right now in the West, which I did not see coming. I mean, Damian Lillard's playing great basketball. Then we look at the Mavericks. We look at the Suns. We look at the Pelicans. We look at all these teams that look very scary, and the Lakers have to find a way to have a complete basketball game so that way they can continue to keep up in the race and continue to compete. But, Jeremiah, let's go to another team, though. I want to talk about this. So Kawhi Leonard, we haven't mentioned him in a long time um, because, you know, he had an injury last season. So the, the biggest thing, the biggest story around him is, so he played his, you know, the first game against the Lakers, and he looked pretty good for those first the first few minutes. But he hasn't played ever since because apparently his knee is bad. Like his knee doesn't feel right. And he hasn't been traveling with the team at all. Load management situation again. Is this gonna be a problem for the Clippers? Um, I think it is gonna be a problem going forward because at the same time, their team is built on Kawhi Leonard. You traded for what I mean you got him in free was it Free agency? free agency yeah free agency yeah. like a couple of years ago and what has that done for you just right now i mean i think why he's out right now and had these low management i think that he re-injured that that part of uh that injury and i think that mm -hmm. he made it probably worse but they had the low management part so that that information won't go out right. now when when it comes to the clippers right now of course they got a great gritty team but that's just not going to be enough but if you try to get 12. to it. That that's not going to be enough. Their their main 12. piece is missing with Kawhi Leonard. Paul George is not a number one to carry oh, no. your team. No. And when not without a healthy Kawhi, your team is not really going to go far or not even make the playoffs. So at the end of the day, it's just wasted right now because Kawhi Leonard he is after this year, where well, he'll be like a free agent or after next year. And then yeah. Paul George, you guys traded all those picks. And, you know, he's have good numbers, but at the same time, is it in this great efficiency that you really need it? You have good assets in John Wall, but it's it's not enough. And I know you guys get up so much for the Lakers, but if you're trying to go for championships, this is not the way to go. And think about this. I love what you mentioned. They It seems like the Clippers, ever since Kawhi and Paul George teamed up, and with the Clippers, they've always been ready to play the Lakers. 
it's never been anybody else. It's always been the Lakers. Now they've beaten the Lakers. Okay, cool. That's fine. But the Lakers have a championship. Uh, they at least they can say, okay, we we're the we won the championship recently, and the Clippers have done what? So there's a lot of questions for the Clippers, like. What's going to happen with Kawhi is this low management thing. Because I know if I was a teammate, I'd get irritated about that. Because, I mean, he's been he's been gone for a year and a half, maybe two years. Because of that injury, you had all the time in the world. And I get, you know, things heal differently. But I'm like, I go to practice every day. I'm playing hard, especially in, in, in the fans. I come to pay to see you play. I'm wearing your jersey, and I'm not going to see you because of load management. This is another conversation. They keep defending this man like, oh, he's low managing. He's getting ready for the playoffs. It's not about just playoffs. It's about you have to get to the playoffs. You have to have a good record to get a top spot in the playoff. So because the. Mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead, Jeremiah. Go ahead. Because uh, just one small thing, because they're not even putting him under injury or anything else. It's just anything. load management. Load so man that's the huge problem with everything. But keep going. So, Dad, for you, what is this load management thing to you with Kawhi? What's going to happen with this situation? Well, you know, I grew up in a time watching basketball where guys went out to play. Um, you know, today, you have so many different avenues that these guys are making money. And what kills me about today is you have, you should, in my opinion, there should be less load management because of the advancements in sports medicine. So today, I feel that they they have more assets and resources than they had in the, back in the day. But it seemed like now guys are more apt to rest and take different things like that. And to me, it's it's, it's a hard thing to manage because who? How do you tell if this person's really hurt or the next person is? You know, how do you how do you tell? So a person could really be injured or not injured. You don't really know. So you kind of got to be at the mercy. But I do think that the, there should be some sort of penalty or something imposed to where, okay, your contract is for the year. If you are hurt, you're hurt, but at some point it has to be some sort of penalty. If you, you're superstars because the fans are coming there to see Kawhi play. If they're consistently not seeing them play, then I'm not getting the full product. I'm not getting the actual product that I purchased, so I can't see it and anything else that wouldn't be acceptable. So I think they got to figure that out as a league, but I think it's actually hurting the league from my standpoint because mm -hmm. when you start seeing guys not, I, I don't know what the injuries are. I don't know if they're really hurt out, but it's kind of hard to believe if a guy takes tonight off and he's playing the next night. So it's yeah. like, okay, you were hurt. Were you just tired? What what was it? So when you look at that, it is problematic. Um, I think that the load management is growing uh, because if they can get away with it, and they can get these guys. I mean, it's a good strategy as long as they're getting away with it. But as fans, when does it become a point where, hey, I want to see the product that I paid for. And yeah. how do we manage this throughout the season to start penalizing teams for excessive load? When they start saying load management, the guy's hurt. He's hurt. Yeah. Can't say nothing about that. But load management to me is like, okay, what does that mean? What does load management mean? You get paid more. When you played college, there wasn't no doggone load management. Nope. When you were in high school, there wasn't no load management. Now you're a multimillionaire, and it's acceptable to load manage. Now you're an asset, and so they're going to protect the asset, but you still got to produce. So what, what, when does it become something where it's the team bigger than the, uh, the individual? When is the team going to become bigger than the individual? And that's where... It, uh, me personally, I, I, I see it hurting the brand of NBA 
just because of these types of things. Like the guys are able to just not play. So. Oh, I agree with this comment that that load management has negative negatively affected the game, but benefits the business, which is true. I mean, hey, but it's it's unfortunate because we know Kawhi. He's one of the good players in this league. He's you know you know he's top ten player in this league for sure, but. What do you have to show for? We barely see you. And in a way, I kind of think it's cheating because you don't play in the regular season, but you're up for the playoffs. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's kind of, it's it's a way it is cheating, but then they can't say it's really cheating because, oh, I do, he did deal with the injury, but still, it's like, come on. But yeah, they have to fix this because it is a problem because you have guys who are, who are injured and they can't help being injured. And Kawhi, you are... I think Kawhi is fine, but he's just load managing like he always does. He's fine. I saw him against the Lakers. He was he looked fine to me. And I think he would have been better off less if he did choose to go to the Lakers. It would be better if he did load manage with the Lakers because they already have star players like LeBron and AD there. With the Clippers, Paul George Paul George is not he, he hasn't been that guy for a couple of years now. Even when he was with the, the the last great time we saw uh, of Paul George was when he was with the uh, Pacers, when you know him and LeBron and the Heat was going back and forth. He hasn't been that same Paul George ever since. He can still get you 15, 20, but he hasn't been that Paul George. He's not that you know that dominant of a player like he was before. Kawhi would be better off going to the Lakers, but I know that would be the league because that's a super team. But I get it, but. Hopefully Kawhi comes back because we, I want to see everybody healthy. I want to see everyone get their just dues. I want to see everybody do this because we. I'm tired of seeing the load management. We've, that's been that conversation when he was with the Spurs. It's, that was that whole thing. I've never even heard of load management. Like So that wraps up Jasmine Pollock's first impression sports talk. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you, Cole, for being a guest. We're definitely going to keep an eye out on Kawhi and the NBA the NFL, there's so much to talk about. I mean, sports is constantly changing. So that wraps up tonight's show. See you guys next Monday for more sports talk.